Ask the Podcast Coach for January 6, 2024. Let's get ready to podcast. There it is. It's that music that means it's Saturday morning. It's time for Ask the Podcast Coach, where you get your podcast questions answered live. I'm Dave Jackson from the School of Podcasting.com, and joining me right over there is the one and only Jim Cullison from TheAverageGuy.tv. Jim, how's it going, buddy? Greetings. Happy Saturday morning to you, Dave, and always good to be back with you on a brand new year. We said Happy New Year last week, but this is really the Happy this New Year. This is really, day. yeah. We've officially... Welcome to 2024. Yeah, and it's one of those where if you haven't already, go into your media host and change your copyright. <laughs> and you'll probably see where it says 2022, because you didn't change it last year either. But... uh it is a new year. It's exciting. A lot of new people. I was in the podcast movement uh, Facebook group. Yes, people still use Facebook. And I'm here to tell you, they were close. To, it was like one of those, let's welcome our new members. And there were easily, I scrolled down and I lost track at about 60 new members. And it was easily 80 to 100. It was a lot of people. And I was do like, you think oh. there's big New Year's resolutions around starting a podcast still? Yeah. Like, do you think there's a lot of people who are like, this is going to be the year I'm going to start my podcast. I'm dropping 40 pounds and I'm starting a podcast. That's it. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, we're, we'll talk about it. It's funny because I was looking for questions and they were all like really new stuff. And so I was like, well, you know, sometimes going back to the basics, is good. It gets you up. It gets you going. You know what else gets you up and going, Jim? A little bit of coffee. A little bit of coffee. And so uh, we should take some time to uh, thank Mark over at podcastbranding.co as Jim pours the coffee there. Mark is a podcaster. How cool is that? How cool is it that you have an award-winning graphic artist that's also a podcaster? Because you don't have to explain what it is. Then he understands artwork. He understands uh, a PDF if you want a lead magnet. And if you want a full, like, hey, I just want to do the whole thing over. You need a website. He can do it all. And he's going to sit down with you one-on-one -on -one and make sure that like your brand is in alignment. You don't want it to be, you know, happy, fun music for the, you know, Hey, mom died again, podcast or whatever. It needs something to, to be in alignment. And Mark is going to sit down with you seriously one-on-one. -on -one. You're not going to get that from some person in the basement at Fiverr. And he's going to make you look great. I've used him for the podcast rodeo show. I've used him for ask the podcast coach in the school of podcasting. He does great work, and he's a super great guy. Check him out at podcastbranding.co. Tell him Dave and Jim sent you. Of course, uh, big thanks to our good friend Dan Lefebvre over there at Based on a True Story Podcast, Based on a True Story Podcast.com, his latest episode. Well, let me, Dave, let me ask you this question. First thing that comes to mind when I say the word chariots of fire. Exactly. Is that not the best music branding in the world? Like people, people running in slow motion. Yeah. How, how yeah, I mean amazing. When you talk about brand, you know, you're talking about Mark and Creighton Visual Brand. That's I mean, that movie did such an amazing job. That song, of course, is known for that movie. Dan covers that in uh, 296. So if you need a podcast to listen to, maybe you ran out during the holidays and it's, or maybe you just need something new. Check it out today based on a true story podcast.com. Dan, thanks for your sponsorship. Speaking of a, a question here, it says, oh. uh, this, this is a fun one. This is from Lynn. 
I have a bit of an issue, which is great. That's what we do here on Ask the Podcast Coach. It's truly irritating. Some jerk messaged me incessantly asking if he could give us a bunch of listens and reviews. We all get these on an hourly basis, I think, at this point. If you have a podcast, ignored for literally months and finally told him that I wanted to see what he could achieve organically, but would keep his service in mind, or what, what she could do organically, keep his service in mind. I was really trying to pacify him because I was worried what he would do uh, if he would do something like, well, what he ended up doing upon me saying that he started threatening me to destroy our pod. I don't know why, but when people call their podcast a pod, there, there is a, a part. Yeah. It, I'm it's, just like, it's, it's not, a, I'm with you. It's not a pod. Friends. It's, it's, it's not like, a pod. it's a show. Oh, like show would be. Don't weird. call it a pod. Don't call it a pod. Don't call it a pod. Yeah. And uh, oops, I switched screens. Yeah. And so let's see here. He started to destroy our show. I do have screenshots of the actual conversation. Uh, he told me that he was going to tank my podcast, tank my podcast reviews. If I did not send him $20 American, I refused because he could just blackmail me again with that. Again, I, I, if I had paid him off and he also said, if I started from scratch, he would destroy that new one as well. This guy sounds like a peach. Um, wow. So a week or two passed and Apple and Spotify remained the same. So I assumed he was just bluffing and I was relieved, but then dun, 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 then my husband came to me and said there were a ton of bad reviews on Pod Bay. Jim, have you ever heard of Pod Bay? Never. Me nope. neither. I was like, mm, I don't even know Pod Bay existed. So Lynn didn't know either. Uh, but sure enough, I went to Pod Bay and on that exact same day, we got a whole whack of one star reviews. They are clearly fake because they all came on the same day with variations of the same name, more or less. And all the reviews said bad podcast, like we were a dog that had been scolded. My question, is there anything I can do, especially being that there are so clearly fake? Well, number one, don't underestimate the audience. I, when I see great show, love the host, and they all came in on Friday the 18th, I'm kind of like, yeah, I'm thinking no. You know, it's like, I know those are fake too. Uh, this happened in August, I believe. I emailed Pod Bay, but I never heard back at all. Shocking. Um, I'm bummed because it took us down to a 3.2 on that forum this is an ego thing, I think, at this point, because we all just went, pod what? But yet she has a 3.2. I hate that there are uh, such scamming a-holes out there that they have the power to destroy something that I've worked so hard on. Destroy there maybe a bit of a strong word there. Uh, I figured this group would be the most helpful. In this case, this was out of uh, Podcast Movement Facebook group, I think. Any advice would be greatly appreciated. Uh, yeah. A, just ignore them. I really do. What I usually do, I, usually it's on Facebook. I'll log in and yeah, we won't. I was going to explain what they typically look like, and that's going to make me sound like a racist, so I won't. But uh, yeah, I'll get something. Do you have a pod? <laughs> do you have a pod? Do you want it bigger? No. So I usually just instantly go to that Facebook thing and just go block, and then there's like block, delete whatever. And I just, I just ignore them. I don't know. Jim, yeah. Any yeah, no, don't reply. Don't, don't just don't. They, I get a lot of emails with this. Hey, you know, now, right. It seems like at the first of the year, YouTube uh, folks who can help me be a big deal on YouTube or, are jumping in there. Don't engage them. Don't send them emails. Don't try to, I'm going to trick them. Don't try to, you know, just delete it as soon as you block it. So you don't, you're not, you know, block their email address, do whatever. Just don't encourage or engage in any kind of way. Can you, you know, if if somebody goes after you on one of these platforms, 
Well, you can reach out to the platform and see if if there's you know the ability to get that kind of fixed or blocked or whatever. There's not a lot. These a lot of these platforms have like five people running the show. Yeah. So well, you, you know, I was so. talking. I got interviewed on Pod Squeeze, which is another AI tool. Not bad, by the way. I went over and played with it. Uh, but it's another one. I don't know if you ever heard of this, Jim. It's revolutionary. You upload your MP3 file. It transcribes it and then makes a bunch of posts and newsletters. And this one actually makes graphics, which is kind of cool. Uh, but I was talking to that guys. It's two people. It literally is two guys in their basement. Now, on the other hand, as much as we kind of say that, it's a pretty cool service. Their website looks good. That whole nine yards. DR has a great question. How the heck did the hubby find it? Right? <laughs> like, how, what's he doing on Pod Bay? You know, it is what it is. So don't worry about it. You're also going to get a ton of people asking to be, I, I, uh, one of the new members of the school of podcasting is, uh, an accountant. You can find him at askralph.com. And he's like, well, how do I grow my audience? I'm like, well, there's this, there's this, you can be a guest on other shows. So he signed up at Podmatch. Uh, I'll have a, an affiliate link of that in the show notes when we get done. But, uh, he went over and signed up as both a host and a guest. And he said, the minute he signed up as a host, it was nothing but really bad pitches. And I, he was kind of like, how do you stop that? And I go, well, you just get used to going, no, 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 skip, 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 or whatever it is. I go, they're just, my favorite is the feng shui expert that got pitched to the school of podcasting. And I'm like, please, please tie that together to people that want to grow their audience. I'm like, you know, so. Yeah. Depending upon the country you live in, in jurisdictions and all those kinds of things, there there could be some unsolicited, you know, you know, if you're receiving spam or those kinds of emails or whatever, and you ask them to remove you from those, from their marketing lists, whatever, however you want to say that. That's what I say. I used to say, please remove me from your marketing lists. Yeah. There, there could be ramifications and even financial ramifications if they continue to contact you. So, you know, if you're going to, that's a lot of work. I don't know if it's worth it sometimes, but well, I just send I, them a nice, if it's via email, I just send them a nice note back and said, just please, please remove me from your marketing lists. Yeah. See, I'm, I'm always not, worried not, that if it's somebody that's bought a list and I reply, they're going to go, Ooh, that email actually is a real one. Yeah. I mean, there is that. And then you just have to block it at that point, but yeah. there is some, you know, you can, uh, you might want to look up in your area, in your jurisdiction, wherever you live, what, uh, uh, what are the rights of individuals for emails? It's probably pretty easy to Google and find like, Hey, what, you know, in some countries, you know, in the EU, whatever it could be, you know, $50,000 an email or whatever. Now, are you going to do the litigation to make it, to make that happen? Probably not, but you could quote in your email, Hey, just going to let you know, if you contact me again, there's this, have yeah. that in a, have that in a template. So you can just send it to them. I and mean, we all get tons of those, those emails. Um, I, I, Dave, if you don't reply, they send you automated over and over and over for the yeah. next, you know, for the next three months. Yeah. If I'm in a so. bad mood, I just mark them as spam, but I've somehow need to go into my Gmail because somehow I made a rule where spam doesn't go to spam anymore. It needs me to go. Yes, please delete this. And I'm like, no, no, I want it to go. And that's, that's kind of one of the issues. DR has an idea. She says, can you sign up with a separate email? So your main inbox is not un undated. That is true. I do that on occasion. I have a couple Gmails that I'm like, look, I just want the PDF. I don't really want to be on your newsletter because I know when you're signing up for some sort of lead magnet, there's more emails coming. That's that's just the way lead magnets typically work. And so I do have a couple emails. And the only thing that's 
And again, it's, we're looking at that small percentage. There are those times when I go into that email address and I'm like, oh crap, this has been sitting here for a month and it's actually a decent email. And I was like, eh, you know, so it's, you can't win. So, um, no, email is a broken beast. I mean, it is not, it is not a healthy system ecosystem. It doesn't work. We, you know, you have good emails going to spam, you have spam emails, make it into your inbox. You've, you've got, it just, it's, you've got things disappearing. Your ISP sometimes starts blocking things just proactively, which is awesome until it's not. (laughs) You're like, ah, I mean, email is just, it's, it's just so bad. You could, um, for a while, uh, I had a separate email account that was just spam at theaverageguy.tv. Mm-hmm. And when I signed up for those kinds of things, I would give it that email address nice. so that I knew, like I knew who, would, who was coming back in. Now, you sign up for a newsletter, oftentimes you're giving them <laughs> the right. right to email you yeah. or you get a free PDF or you get, right, right, whatever. So, um, you know, just be careful what you're, make sure you the check marks, you know, sometimes the... Hey, send me marketing messages is auto checked. Now, I think there's some, I think there's some rules now they can't do that. There's some double opt in rules that have to be sometimes have to be, you know, taken. But I hate the services. There was one, I think it's called Calendar Events. It's a plugin for WordPress. And I signed up for them, uh, their free version. And then I didn't use it because I wasn't using WordPress as much. And I was on their email and I would go in and I'm like, unsubscribe, unsubscribe from all lists. And like a month later, there they are again. And I was like, so I finally just said, if it says calendar events or whatever the name of the plugin was, I'm like, just immediately delete it. Cause it just, their unsubscribe was broken. And I'm like, okay, they have new rules of marketing where they just ignore that. Um, Scott Johnson has a great idea. Get you an email that works for 10 minutes. There you go. And uh, that'll work. Actually, speaking of Scott Johnson, here's a, oh, I'm glad, uh, I'm glad I looked at the roadcaster. Guess what? I didn't press record on. There we go. We'll be using the YouTube video for today. Um, Whatever you want your audience to do, if you want them to follow the show, if you want to subscribe, if you want them to join your email list, or I don't know if you're running the podcast rodeo show and you keep wondering, why isn't anybody signing up? You need a Scott Johnson in your life to go, Hey, Dave. I went over because I haven't had what was that like on the podcast rodeo show in a while. And um, your Fiverr gig is what they call them. Apparently was on hold or standby or something, but that's why nobody was buying a podcast review at the podcast rodeo show is somehow fiber fiber had uh, paused my whatever. And I was like, Hmm. So uh, if you're wondering why you're not getting, any engagement or any newsletter, like go through, walk the steps that your audience is going to go through and make sure you go, Oh wait, that's not turned on. And I still don't know. The only thing I can think of is I must've paused it because I switched for a while and I was using, uh, what you call it? Buy me a coffee. You can sell products on that. So I was using buy me a coffee and I must've paused it. And then I, for uh, buy me a coffee is a little it's an interesting service, but if you're selling products, you send people to just a word salad and they have to figure out which button to click on. I was like, you know what? Fiverr was easier. Let's let's. And I switched it back and I probably didn't test it would be my guess on that. So if you're doing something like that, you might want to, uh, you know, go through. I know when anytime I've ever done anything with the school of podcasting that's new, uh, my fake student is Jughead. And um, with one of those spam emails and Jughead always yeah. goes first with a coupon and make sure that everything works before I go letting actual people in 
keep that in mind. If you're not getting whatever it is you think you think people want to do, go walk through the shoes of uh, your your audience. So uh, with that said, here's another. This is the one I was thinking of earlier. It's a random question. I would love your opinions. Are there any AI tools out there that are exceptional at identifying the strongest moments from an episode that are great for social media and audiograms? This also, you know what? It is going to require one of these. I'm sorry, Jim. And now it's time for a power rant. Yeah. Um, Or does anyone have any tricks for identifying these moments for their own episode? I have an idea. Listen to it. There's a novel. uh, Okay. Um, I often find that once I've been involved in an episode for so long, researching, script writing, recording, editing, by the time it comes pat up times to post some content advertising, I've lost a little context as to the strongest or most impactful 30 to 45 second clips. Now that's actually a good point. He's, he's admitting, look, I'm probably too close to the trees to see that. I would love people's thoughts on how they approach this for their shows. Side note, mine is a research heavy solo shot on particular paranormal locations with darker histories to understand the context and energy that may have made them what they are now. And so I, on one hand, I totally get the fact we all want AI to, you know, wipe my butt, please. And, uh, and, and maybe apply some lotion. I, I, we just wanted to do everything right. And I'm not anti AI, but, and it's a nice thought, but you're asking, and I'm sure somebody's going to say, well, maybe someday, and it's probably coming. I'm sure you can program it to do that, but to ask a robot how to pick content that's engaging, mm, that seems, I don't know, uh, you know, it's, I just, it just seems like there's a lot of, here's what I saw when I went out to the Facebook groups today. I went to Facebook, I went to Reddit, uh, even stopped in at Quora for a second. And we have a lot of new podcasters. So that's brilliant. I love to see the podcasting space crow, but here's the common theme. I want it for free. I want to do, I basically want to talk into a microphone and get 10,000 downloads. That's really, I mean, I'm summarizing, but that's kind of what I'm getting. It's like, I, I want to do the least, and who doesn't want to do the least amount of work? I get that, but that's just not the way it works. And that doesn't mean it's going to be tote that bail, lift that whatever, you know, it's, it's not going to like, it is hard work, but it's not, you know, it's not physical hard work. It's mental hard work. And, you have to figure out why am I doing this? Who's it's for? And where they overlap, that's your what. And that takes a little time. And then there's also, here's something that I've heard. And I, I think I agree. Do you think it's harder to break into podcasting now, Jim, than it was say 10 years ago? Depends on how you define harder. Well, it, just, I mean, it was just different 10 years ago. The tech was harder and it wasn't, there weren't as many people listening. So getting people to listen, I think was easier, but you didn't have as you didn't have as big of a reach. There wasn't as big of an audience today. I think it's easier with the tech, but I also think there's a lot of noise out there, you know? Yeah. I think what it is, is listeners now, according to Edison research, I think they're listening up to nine episodes a week and their dance Mm -hmm. card may be full. So now it's a matter of like, if you want to get into that rotation, you've got to displace somebody. I don't know if that's the case, but I was like, I could see that because I know, there are shows that I listened to, used to listen to on a weekly basis, and now it's not that I don't listen. I haven't unsubscribed, but they're they're now second string. It's like when I get done listening to all these shows, uh, I'm going to do this or that. So it might be a little harder. Um, Rich, 
going back to the email problem, or actually this guy's problem, finding good clips. Opus Clip does a pretty good job. So here I'm laughing at the robots, and uh, it might actually not do a bad job. So uh, Swell Swell does too. Swell's not bad for this. They've got a little clip section that you can go to. Uh, It gave me, I put in an hour and 20-minute podcast. It gave me 28 clips. Are they all great? Well, uh, was I great? (laughs) <laughs> to make a clip like mm. it's only as good as the content you have in there right but that being said um it's a good starting point i mean the it it pulled some you know as an example we were talking about exploring 10 gig networks and it in router configurations for it and it pulled that section out in a little 59 second clip that's not bad the, the I think the thing is, is a great place to start, <laughs> you know, if especially if you have a long podcast, maybe a good place to go in there and go, oh, yeah, that's right. That's where we did talk about those routers or that's where we did talk about what fill in the blank. Right. Then you could go in and pull the section out that you think is the best um, on that. I have at work. I have a, 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 a person who transcribes, you know, we do order to transcribe it and then he cleans it up. And I just asked him in his process, hey, if you see three or four good quotes, can you pull those out and yeah. make pull quotes out of them for the for the post? So that that works too. And and because he's reviewing it and he kind of knows the content. So that, that kind of works too. But swell is one that I've I've seen work pretty well. Yeah. Uh Craig from Live Well and Flourish says Chat GPT can do a decent job of that. Sean says Opus gives you a small free trial. It's it's worth a shot. It's all worth a shot. And, and then DR has the best phrase here, and that is yeah, but understanding the new tech is nuts. It is every time you every time you say, "Well, I'm going to try" or "I'm going to do this," that's more time and more of a learning curve. Uh, Craig says some email providers. This is one thing I miss, um, such as the paid version of Proton Mail allow multiple addresses, and this makes it easy to have kind of a burner email address. Like Jim, you have your spam. I yeah. miss the days of signing up for web hosting. And getting unlimited email addresses. Now you sign up for WordPress, you might get one. And you're like, well, because I used to have, now I have, I forget who I use for email. I think I have GoDaddy for my email because I needed, I needed uh, David School of Podcasting.com. I needed support at School of Podcasting.com. And I was like, wait, this doesn't come with my hosting anymore. And they're like, nope, it's WordPress enhanced, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, yeah, that's kind of a pain in the butt. So I know Christian over at, um, yeah. Maple Grove Partners. Thank you. Set up an extra email for me and that whole nine yards. But it's kind of a bummer because I, I am a bit of a control freak at times. And they're, they're the one thing I don't want to have problems with is my email. And he's great at letting me have this humongous inbox. Uh, and then Scott Johnson says, starting February 1st, Gmail and Yahoo won't allow you to use their email to send out to email lists like MailChimp, AWeber. Domain name email will be required. Mm, interesting. I'll have to check that because I know SendFox, I had to do the hokey pokey and turn myself around so that it looks like it's coming from my Gmail account, even though it's coming from them. Uh, and speaking of web hosts, the Z-Man says, is HostGator a good web host? I have to transfer my domain from Wix. Wix is way too much for all the work you have to do. So there are places to get domains. Like a domain's like maybe 20 bucks a year. I like coolerwebsites.com because I own it. It's my GoDaddy reseller account. Host, what is it? HostGator, Bluehost. There are a bunch of those. They're owned by the same company. I loved HostGator from like 2000, 
2000 to 2010, probably, because I could get on their live chat. I would get a person. I was talking and my problem would get fixed. And it was the wait was maybe five minutes. And then they got bought by this big conglomerate. And now I was waiting on line and chat for 20 minutes and they would go through a script. And I'm like, you know, I just need this. I blah, blah, blah. And they're like, and they'd ask me another question. I'm like, yeah, I, so I quit using them. Uh, I am now on Maple Grove. I, before that I was using SiteGround, which is not cheap. The first year's cheap. That was the one thing that I found out. It's like, oh, first year is 39 bucks. I'm like, perfect. And then the next one's like a hundred and something. But for me, SiteGround was worth it. But if for domains, just don't spend more than 20 bucks on the domain. Uh, I don't know that I would have, I don't know if I'd be using Wix for my domain because they're a, a media host, you know, or not a media host, a web host. Who do you do your, I mean, there's Namecheap, there's, you know, uh, for domains. Hover, hover for domains. Hover's another one, yep. yep. I have a lot yeah, of my hover. domains at GoDaddy just because, again, for years I was using them. And that's another one that, um, you know, for the longest time I was not a fan of GoDaddy because they nickeled and dined you. And then Mike Dell was like, Got to give them a shot. They're not as bad as they used to be. And they still kind of have a little nickel and diming going on. But I think in the end, as long as your site stays up and, you know, my biggest thing with WordPress is I have to spend 200 bucks a year on WordFence to make sure it doesn't get hacked. I'm constantly updating my plugins and, you know, I have WP backup, I think it is, that backs it up. It's just, I'm always wait any, at any time when I log into my website, I expect to see the white screen of death for no apparent reason. And that's, that's why I use pod page. So, um, but on the other hand, I still have that. So um, Jeff C says uh, Descript now has fine clips, AI option. And Jeff C has a, uh, uh, if you want to learn, I just signed up for Descript because every time I try to learn Descript, they move it literally. Like I'm like, okay, uh, like I'm the last time I made four videos on Descript And by the time I got done with my fifth video, like two of the four videos I made before were out of date. And I was like, hey, you know what? I'm going to let Jeff keep his his up to date and I will learn from that. And then eventually I'll once eventually I I keep telling people the school of podcasting when it calms down over there, I'm going to make a descript uh, course, but it hasn't calmed down over there yet. So, you know, um, Chris over at castahead.net says you can still Use these AI clip softwares as an easy button, rubber stamping your content. They are a stack of people in the middle of doing that. Um, there are a stack of people in the middle that are doing that. Yeah. Again, AI, I'm not anti-AI. Just It gets you about 80% of the way there. Maybe 90, even. 95. But you still got to, like, I would never put, I've only had one thing. And I was, uh, it was on uh, the future of podcasting with me and Daniel. And I had put in my chapter markers in Hindenburg, which then you can right click and say, copy those as text. So I went into, I believe it was cast magic. It might've been, I use them all. And I said, write an article using these subheadings and the subheadings were my chapters. And it got done. And I was like, that's usable. Like I didn't see anything. I really had to go in and tweak. So you you can get, uh, you know, stuff like that. So, Scott says, I think uh, people are already blind to the tons of podcast clips, audiograms that are flooding their newsfeed from podcasters who think this is the key to being the next Joe Rogan. Yes, I just need that's That's what gets me is audiograms kind of 
were like the big thing because you got a squiggly line. And then the guy from Pacific Content, I forget his name, he said it 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 helps it stopping the scroll. But when you're on Twitter, and for the record, I'm calling it Twitter until he changes the domain name because I'm not doing the Twitter formerly known as X. Like, no, it's just Twitter for me. Um, screw you. I heard, I heard a good name. I heard a good name for that this weekend. Okay. I won't say it because okay. it's it's explicit. But uh, you know, in Chinese, the X makes an S sound for us, right? And so if you take X, so we've been saying Twix, right? But take huh. the X, pronounce it as an S, and then put it in front. So it's... Twist? No, take the X, pronounce it as an S. X. Itter. Ah, got it. That's it. <laughs> that is a good one, my friend. I like that one. There you go. That's really so, what it is. Um, yeah. So... But he said, you know, you have to get people, if you really are trying to get people to listen to your podcast, first you have to get them to stop the scroll. So that's where the squiggly line or whatever the audiogram is. And then you have to have a link to your website where they're going to play and listen. So he goes, it's not, that's what I've always said, any kind of social media, it's not the 10,000 download switch. Now, is it the the 10 download switch? Maybe, you know, it's going to be a trickle, but it's then those 10 people tell five friends who tell two friends, you know, it, it adds up, but I'm, it's just, I had uh, somebody this week and I said, Oh, you're, you're looking for the 10,000 download switch who, and who isn't right. I'd love a 10,000 download switch, but have you found one yet, Jim? I keep looking where you just do this mm-hmm. one thing and, and all of a sudden, Holy cow, hockey stick. No, they all, they all still require work. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're, it's just, it, there's never going to be a, a perfect drop it in and it's there. You're always going to need to interact with it in some way. There are some things, I mean, there are some of them are doing some pretty good work and they're doing really good work around text. So that would be an area I think you could jump in and take advantage of right now in AI. The snippets are getting better. And so that I, yeah. I think we need to keep an eye on them. So I think we've got somebody waiting in, um, do we really? Yeah, we, we do have someone listening. Do. Holy yeah, cow. Bill, Bill's waiting for us. You are on with Dave and Jim. Oh. Oh, okay. Well, my question was, I have been wondering lately about uh, live podcasting, which I, I assume I'm seeing here, and was wondering what platform you're using and how you came about. Is, are you, is this on YouTube? Is that how you're doing it? Yeah, we are doing this. Right now, I'm using a tool called Ecamm Live. You can find that at supporttheshow.com slash Ecamm. Uh, on a PC, if I was doing this, I'm on a Mac, I would be using StreamYard. Jim, what do you use when you do all your live streaming for Gallup? StreamYard. Yeah, yeah. StreamYard, I, I think, is by far the easiest way to do this. Um, you'll pay for both of those. Um, there are other, there's other platforms out there that do it. If, if you, you could go OBS, if you wanted to have kind of complete control over it, but that does require that you do, it's a little more tech. Uh, it's got some more tech requirements than most. So, um, but that one works as well. I think, uh, Bill, I think a great place to just get started is StreamYard. Yeah. And give it a try. It's okay. easy to use. It's kind of bulletproof. It just works. You don't, you've got, you know, you've got some free options to get you started. Their paid options are really reasonable. Um, It's just a great place to start to get kind of used to what you have there. There's others. 
that you can try. I'm sure the chat room right now, I'm not looking, but I'm sure the chat room right now is throwing in some other suggestions. Yeah, there's but I think StreamYard. Yeah, StreamYard yeah. is, is that's my two. I'm like, well, if you're on a PC, StreamYard, if you're on a Mac and you want a little extra sugar on your uh, cupcake, uh, go Ecamm. But, well, and StreamYard uh, will work on a Mac as well. It's that's not true. PC that's a good point. Right? Yeah. It's yeah. browser. It's browser. Based. Yeah. It is really, that's the thing I really liked about, like, I, you don't have to, but I took a course on Ecamm Live just because I wanted the other, you know, um, uh, the little, like the fact that Bill has a yellow, uh, you know, uh, border around his edge for some reason. And as I look at this, I go, and these are uneven. I need to fix that. So, uh, but yeah. And then what I do is I take the audio out of this and put it on Libsyn and that could be Captivate or Buzzsprout or whoever you're using for your media host. That makes it a podcast. What we're doing right now is YouTubing, you know, so we are now acting like YouTubers. And then when we're done, I turn it into a podcast. Bill, just know that. So these StreamYard or Ecamm or what all the ones we just mentioned, they're just, that's just for streaming. Then you pick and choose, okay, where is this going to go to? It, it's going to land on my YouTube account. Am I going to create a separate YouTube account for it? Do I want it to go to LinkedIn? Do I want to post it to Facebook? Do I want to put it on Twitter? Do I want it to, I think there's Instagram now. Um, so you've got some decisions to make is there by far the most popular platform. I shouldn't say by far, but the probably one of the most uh, popular platforms is for folks to stream it just directly to YouTube. Yeah. And, and there's a lot, I mean, that's kind of the platform people expect it to be on. What I'd recommend you do is just kind of practice, get out there, you know, get a, get an account, do some things, practice on StreamYard. You don't even need to technically stream to practice. You can just start a session, bring some folks in, mess around with screens, get, get familiar with it for, for whatever you do, never release any of the early things that you do because they're just going to be terrible, <laughs> right? They're just going to be awful. So just practice, get, get good at it, get some friends to help you with it. And then, um, uh, and then you get, once you get comfortable with it, you can, you can do some stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Cause live is a whole, it's a whole different beast. It, it really is. If you're doing things like I'm doing here, like it took me a while to, I, I mean, I was all over the place with the comments where now I kind of talk to Jim. I'm kind of watching the comments, but I just found that I just have to like do one thing at a time. I can't talk and watch the comments. And that means occasionally there's a comment that I'll see later. I'm like, ah, I should have, should have put that one on the screen, but it just was nuts. I, I'd be in the middle of a sentence and it was like squirrel and I'd be off on another topic and it was awful. So live is a different thing. I always tell people that you know, I want to start a live show and I'm like, well, a, you have to do it on the same time, whatever your schedule is, because if I was, you know, 10, 30, well, you don't have to. well it makes it's, it, if, if, if you want an audience to show if you up, want yeah. people to show up. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's, a, that's true. That's a good point, Jim. It's a, it's a tip because if it was like, Hey, just ring the bell. So you're notified when we go live, but everybody knows Saturday, 1030, go to ask the podcast slash live. And we're going to be here. So that does help a bit. But you also have to be ready. Like when I brought Bill on, I was sitting right here on the X. I'm like, I don't know, Bill. Is Bill going to be like, you know, show me his PP? I don't know. You never know. Like, <laughs> I'm just, I'm letting the audience in here. And so I always say, I my thing is start with audio, get used to making content, then go to video if you have the time and budget. 
the thing about video, when you go video, you can go backwards. You can take the audio out of video and make an audio podcast. Can you add an image and add it to YouTube? Yeah, but that's not, yeah, that's not really going to help much. So that's, I get the, the video first is the best way to go. It's just, I'm seeing so many people in the Facebook groups obsess over cameras and shots and backgrounds and all this other stuff that I go, you know, if you were doing an audio podcast, you'd be recording by now. So Jim, you look like you want to say something. I was just going to say, Bill, thanks for jumping in. Or do you have any other questions or uh, did we, did we answer what you needed? I don't. You, you gave great answers. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Bill. Great Thanks, to meet you. Yep, Good luck care. on the podcast. It's always, I always love when we get a video person. It makes me giddy, I say. What time is it? 11.15. Perfect. Let's thank our awesome supporters. Yes. People like that, which means we're very close to the wheel of names coming up here. Yes. <laughs> but if you... The show is brought to you by the school of podcasting.com. If you're sitting here going, I, is there any place I can kind of, I'm not really. Yeah, there is. It's called the school of podcasting. You get step-by-step coaches, coaches. Well, you get that too. You get step-by-step tutorials. You get unlimited one-on-one coaching and a really, really cool, awesome community over there. Check it out. School of podcasting.com slash coach will save you when you sign up and you can sign up, uh, with a 30 day money back guarantee. So there's no worry about that. Uh, ask the podcast coach runs on PodPage, And if you want to try PodPage, that is my affiliate link. Go over to trypodpage.com. If you want to learn PodPage, you know, there's a place for that. It's called the school of podcasting. And, uh, as we mentioned earlier, ask the podcast coach is running on Ecamm. If you want to check it out, check out support this show.com slash Ecamm. That is my affiliate link. And if you need more Jim Collison and who doesn't, all you got to do is go over to theaverageguy.tv. And is it time? It is time. The supporter of the week. So in theory now, Jim, if I do this, what you're looking at when you see things like Flame Alive Pod and the Latin Podcast Awards and uh, li- uh, LiveWellAndFlourish.com, these are our $20 supporters. And once a week, we pick one of them to give them a quick shout out. And so the and anybody router, anybody could be on this wheel, right? They they just got to give us twenty bucks a month, okay. just like Glenn Hebert over at the Horse Radio Network, who is our uh, featured supporter of the week. So yeah, if you go to here we go. Can I do my Glenn my Glenn the Geek um, impersonation? Yes. Can I do it? Uh, don't be boring. <laughs> Very good, my friend. Uh, yeah, you can, you. Uh, you can be an awesome supporter by going to askthepodcastcoach.com slash support because there are other ways besides being a patron if you want to just, you know. I love Glenn. He's a great a, guy. He's in here he's somewhere. He's the nicest guy on the planet. He should win every week. He should every week, yes. Let's see how I mean, close. No, we want everyone else to, to win as well. But, but yeah. Uh, uh, Jim, can we, get, can we get another Glenn imitation? Uh, don't be boring. Um. Don't be boring. That's pretty close. It's not bad. Uh, (laughs) I've been working working on it for about seven years. (laughs) Uh, So let's see here. We have a lot of um, comments here. What about newsletter email platforms? Which one is quick on unsubscribing when the receiver clicks on unsubscribe? There is a thing. There's a guy that's like an email guru. Some platforms, when you click on unsubscribe... Like you're unsubscribed, you kind of want ones where you go, are you sure? Like, are you, uh, click here to, un- like, kind of a double verification. But I guess there are some emails that when you click on unsubscribe, 
you get a thing. It's like, you're done. See ya where you kind of want them to go. Cause I know there are, I think it's constant contact. It's like unsubscribe me from all lists or just this list or, you know, there's that. Um, Gary says, make sure your DM ARC. Ooh, that's nerdy. Uh, set up your email server. Few enable it, but it prevents hackers from sending ransomware and malware. Well, that's good to know. Let's see here. Z-Man has a question. He says, hey, Dave, when you got started, did you see podcasting as the Rubik's Cube uh, uh, that it is today? Yeah, I did. And I've told this story before, but when I got a voicemail from a guy in Germany after podcasting for about two weeks, I went, oh. But the biggest thing was, I just remember... Because again, realize I'm I'm paper clipping this together back in 2005, and when I uploaded the file, started this archaic software called Lemon, and saw my file come down, I was like, oh, oh, now I get it. I see what this does, and that's and I um, I think it's my first or second episode. I said I think podcasting is going to change the world, and it it kind of has. So, in terms of the 10,000 download switch, Scott Johnson from uh, what was that like dot com. The key is to use 10,000 promo methods. That's really it. That gets you a couple new listeners. Yeah. When people ask me about my book, Profit from Your Podcast, I always say it's not what strategy, it's what strategies are you using to monetize. It's not just ads and affiliate. It's not crowdfunding. It's not just, it's all of them. You know, if you look at Pat Flynn or even John Lee Dumas, like they have ads, but they all sell some sort of product and they have affiliate, and they do this and that. So it's not just one, it's multiple ones. And it's the same thing for promotion. What my, One of my things, Jim, do you have any kind of like, you know, some people have like the word of the year, or my one thing this year is going to be this or that. The one thing I want to do this year is I want to start tracking the bejesus out of everything I do using switchy.io so that I can see, hey, I'm spending two minutes making an image for Pinterest. How much traffic am I getting from Pinterest? Is it worth the two minutes I spend? Hey, I'm spending like, and the one I, I, I'm looking at everything going, why am I doing this? And am I getting what I want out of it? So like the podcast rodeo show, A, would be nice if people could actually sign up for it, Dave, duh. That's, uh, that's, that's, <laughs> that would make it, that would be one thing to, again, to check, make sure it's, uh easier for people to sign up because otherwise, yeah, you're not going to make any money at that. But I, the goal was to get people to sign up for the podcast review show, which has gone. That's another weird one. It's a show I do with Eric K. Johnson and we will like go through with a fine tooth comb on your episode and your website and this and that. And we were doing like six hours to, you know, really go over a somebody's show. And we just said, we can't do this for free. And so we only do that when somebody pays us and apparently nobody wants to pay us. So there's, there's that. And that's what the podcast rodeo show was like, Hey, here's a little, a a taste of a review, go over there or go to the school of podcasting. And I'm getting neither from that show. And I was kind of like, Hmm, I'm at four eighty seven. I was like, so I started now where people can just donate, like let's throw donate at that audience and see if they do that. And I have a, dynamic thing. It's like, Hey, if this show has ever made you a better podcaster, go to podcastrodeoshow.com slash thanks. And if that doesn't work, you know, it might be a case that by the time that show gets to 500, I'm like, Hmm, cause right now I'm getting paid in fun and it is fun. And I, I might keep doing it for fun, but I'm trying to figure out why am I doing stuff? Am I getting what I want? And sometimes it's just a creative outlet. 
You know what I mean? That's, I don't need money. I don't need, you know, I, I just doing it for fun and things like that. So that's, that's what I'm doing in 2024. Cause I want to do more stuff. And as I said earlier, every time I say, I want to listen to this audiobook, Okay. Well, you know, your dance card is full. What are you not going to do to make room to listen to that audiobook? And so I'm trying to figure out what's working and what's not so that I can cut out those things that aren't working to have more time to do what I want to do. So you, uh, what the name of your one, is it called to coach or call yeah. the coach? No, called, called, like I am called to coach was, is the name of it. Yeah. Cause, uh, Mark at practical prepping dot, oh, I should know this dot info. He's a member of the school of podcast. I just know it's practical, look up practical prepping, uh, podcast. And, um, he was asking because he's going to start adding coaching. Because this is not like a zombie kind of show. This is a guy, for people that live in like Louisiana, Florida, Georgia, Texas, that like you got to be ready because some sort of natural thing is going to come in like the big bad wolf and blow your house down. And so he's going to maybe start doing coaching. Does Gallup have like a how to be a coach book? Oh, we have a whole course that okay. we can take on it. That's, that was the whole purpose, right? We came up with this week-long course. It's like a semester college from a pricing standpoint. Um, and yeah, we were training these coaches and certifying them to be Gallup certified strengths coaches. That's kind of, that was the kind of the purpose behind it. The podcast was intended to keep them engaged after they got certified, right? We knew it could be a promotional tool as well that, you know, folks would stumble across this. They could be like, oh, this is an interesting program. Tell me more about it. Um, but we use the podcast then for now both purposes, one to advertise for it. Hey, this is what it's all about. And then, but mostly, uh, I spend a lot of time talking about some of the advanced features of coaching and we do a lot of success stories on it and some of those kinds of things. It's kind of intended to keep them, to keep the community rolling forward on a regular basis. There you go. Cause I was, I, I know a few books I've read about coaching and I was like, I'm pretty sure Jim does a show about coaching. Maybe I, I should point people I at do. Jim. <laughs> I do. Yeah. There's a lot of, well, and, and, you know, of course, most people know coaching. If we think about business coaching, ICF, those, uh, the international coach federation, they are, I mean, they're a gigantic organization that's been offering certification for a long time. They have a particular style that they do. But in the last 10 years, Dave, I've watched coaching become a very popular topic. Um, you know, 10 years ago, 10, 12 years ago, when we started doing this, the idea of being a coach was kind of restricted to sports right? and some of those kinds of things that Today, coaching's super popular, and there's a lot of folks who are going to, I'm this kind of coach, or I'm that kind of coach, or I'm an entrepreneur coach, or I'm a startup coach, or I'm a career coach, right? A lot of the universities have uh, are putting coaching into their career services so that these kids are getting some coaching, these students, I should say, these students are getting coaching uh, on the way out uh, or, or during their time in school. We have a lot of schools that are introducing coaching early as freshmen so that they're getting a good start uh, there at the university uh, or college. So it's it's a really, really popular word right now. Everybody's a coach. Well, look at us. That's <laughs> right? it. Ask the Ask podcast, the podcast what? Yeah. Well, my favorite so, is and, like, like the 17-year-old life coach. That's my favorite that I go, hmm. But on the other hand, yeah. if, if he's helping other 17-year-olds that 
have a better understanding of what it's like to be 17. So, yeah, you never, you never know. I mean, you, you, some, some people have had some unique life experiences that put them in a spot or, or, or whatever. They've got some of the thoughts that put them in a thought that, that I listen at work uh, in the, in the marketing area that I'm in, we've got a bunch of, you know, early career individuals. They're in their late twenties, early thirties. And they got, they school me on some things, you know, and I've, I've tried to get better at asking them questions like, Hey, all right. So tell me how this works again. <laughs> you know, just give me, cause they've spent some time. I haven't spent any time on Instagram. I just don't have the patience for that platform. And, but it, there's some things out there I need to be paying attention to in, in some regards. So the key is not necessarily age or, but, but the value of the, of the advice that they bring either based on life experience or education. That's it. And so you can, you can have some young folks that can, that can be some really good coaches. Well, and sometimes that different perspective, because as much as we could, you know, scream, get off my lawn, having a different perspective because they don't have the experience or they don't have, you know, whatever, it might actually be the view that you're missing. You know, one of the things that, um, at a couple companies I've worked at, they will pull me in just because I had a different perspective, but I was pretty good at seeing different things and going, well, have you tried this yet? And they'd be like, oh, no, we didn't think of that. And so it, because I, I kind of have a marketing background, I kind of have a technical background, I kind of have this, I have a teaching background, blah, blah, blah. And they would bring me in. The one CEO was constantly like picking my brain. I'm like, why are you like... And he's like, well, because you you have your, you know, you have your fingers on a lot of the pies around here. And he goes, and that's a valuable asset. And he goes, because you don't have a deep understanding of this. So you'll, he goes, a lot of times you come in with the idea that everybody else is saying, ah, we tried that or ah, that'll never work. And he goes, maybe it would, maybe we just haven't tried it because all the old curmudgeons like me go, nah, you know, and I was like, that's, that's, you know, so yeah, absolutely. Uh, you could do that. This is from Ralph over at askralph.com. Says, Dave, I wanted to get your sage advice on how to best handle the situation with the way my room or my office, for better way of saying it's set up with windows behind me and how I could deal with that from the standpoint of using the camera for video conferencing. I plan to get some video into some video podcasting. Uh, and I recommend, I said, look, if you're looking for an easy, decent camera, I'm a big fan of either the Elgato Facecam or the Facecam Pro. Um, the Facecam Pro, we think it's 300 bucks now. I was like, ooh, that went up a little bit. And I want to say the Facecam was 129 The reason I like those, besides the fact that I think they're 4K, there's no microphone to accidentally get turned on. That's the biggest reason why I like it. And it comes with software that you can kind of tweak a little bit. It says, I know you mentioned that having the light behind you is not ideal. So I kind of want to get, the, uh, get your idea because I have it behind me and the side of me as well. Are you aware of any easy to install things or whatever your ideas are to make this a better setup? This is a better setup. I did go ahead and order a better camera, but I think I may have an issue with these windows behind me. I certainly welcome your tips and advice. My other option is to put another Mac on my rear credenza, and then I would have the windows in front of me. So that would be one thing to try, but my desk and all that would then be behind me. Um, And then he gave me a, a picture of it. So there's something like right now I have a window over here. And a window right in front of me. So I actually have a window right in front of me if I wanted to. And they're like 20 bucks. They're called, it's something like blackout curtains or something like that. 
uh, that you can buy. And it was, you know, you $5. I have what looks to be like a dollar fifty curtain rod holding these things up. They're really cheap, but they really block out the sun. And that way I can control. And then I went ahead and bought some lights, but I would try, you know, uh, switching and maybe just turn your desk around or if there's a way, just kind of invert your desk so that you're right there in front of the the window. I don't know that I would buy anything until your camera shows up because once the camera shows up, it may have a way. I know if you did buy the Elgato camera, it has a way to adjust the backlight and the coloring and the so you might be it's it's usually when you have a really bright thing behind you that you get the whole witness protection look. Yeah, well, it's usually the combination of a bright background in a darker room. If you can brighten up the room, I, I've been in some rooms where it's all glass, and so there is no dark spots. And you, you, if you get a, if you get the right camera, I mean, the bigger the sensor, the better. But if you get the right camera, it can actually look really beautiful. I mean, some of our Gallup offices are in some of the most beautiful spots in the world. Like our Sydney office is right downtown. You can kind of see the harbor right out the windows. If I can get that view for someone in the office and they're not washed out, right? The, 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 the problem is when the light coming this way, this way being from behind you, for those audio listeners, and the light coming at you is not as dark, you just, you're, you don't, you can't see anything. That's the problem, right? Or when the sensors are small, you get a really, you get this, you know, this blown out effect in the background. You know, here, here on the video, no, on this side, on the video, you can see I've got, you know, some, some uh, fireworks playing on my monitor. Dave, uh, it looks bright, but if you look at it without the camera, if I just turn around and look at it, it's super dim <laughs> because I don't want that light to overpower the sensor in my camera and make me dark on this, on this podcast. So I like your advice. Get the camera, set it up, move some things around, before, even before you buy blackout curtains. Move some things around, do some stuff with it. But generally, um, I mean, and if it's too dark, maybe you can get a few lights to shining from the front of you so you can still get that background if you want it. If you don't want the background, yeah, try some different things to to move to, you know, move some things around or do whatever you can, put some blackout curtains. I mean, I have some of those blackout curtains right here. Now they're not blacking anything out except the wall. <laughs> that's there, that's there behind it. There's no light behind that. But um, that, that could work as well. So I like, I like your advice, get the camera, set it up, mess around with it, yeah. test some things, test some different configurations. One, one more thing on, on having open lighting, she can't control it. Yeah. That, and so if it's gray outside, you're going to get a different, you're, you're going to have a different light set up. It's dark outside. We, one time I played this to my advantage. One time we were in London, we started a podcast at four and we were going from four to five when at four, it was light. And you could see out the windows uh, out of the shard there in London into downtown, uh, in, in the downtown area. By the time we got done at five, all the lights were on and it, the city was dark and the lights were on. So we were transitioning from that time of dusk to dark during the podcast. And we had a, a lit London in the background. It was super cool, Dave. Like it was super, it was a super cool effect. So that can work. Just know if you can't control the lighting, you're you're chasing lighting every single episode, right? That's why I prefer to podcast in rooms that don't have any light. That way I can control the light and and make sure it's set up the same each time. Michael says here, I remember when Dave Jackson 
um, with a window behind him of what looked like to be an apartment parking. Yep, I had that. And then for a while, I tried to be Jim and have a TV behind me. That was a really bad idea. That, A, I had a weird thing with my, because I was using um, Logitech C920, and something to do with the frame rate would make this weird line in the TV. Mm-hmm. That was a bit. So again, sometimes you add things into your workflow. So that that lasted for a little bit. And then Dan from Based on a True Story podcast just pointed out something that I kind of knew but didn't know. But if I do this, see how I now have lots of yep. white on my face yep. for those of you that are watching the video. But if I bring up Hindenburg, which is uh, on in dark mode. Um, so yeah, I got a little extra tan every time I read a note. Uh, but this is always a fun one. Uh, I have a relatively new podcast, so that's a key ingredient, which accordingly to the analytics has over 300 plays so far uh, and a decent amount of that, meaning 50% appears to be listening to the vast majority of the episodes. So key point here, 300 plays total or per episode? Big difference between those two. I have uh, the Discord linked in the bio. I have the Discord linked on the Twitter account. I also call out for engagement on Twitter, or as we call it... (laughs) I, I still want to say that word now. That's a great name. Shh, don't say that. Twitter. Uh, you get it. Yeah. Or email at the end of each episode. I just want uh, to meet some of these people who are listening and it's baffling how not a single person is reached out. Well, if you want to re- reach a person, here's one thing I did by accident. I actually sent out an email that said, click here to schedule a meeting with me. That was the best mistake I've ever done. The other thing is if you go, hey, thanks so much for listening to Ask the Podcast Coach. Let us know what you think. That's that's not a great call out. It has to be specific. You know, today we talked about lighting. Have you ever had any weird lighting issues? Email me. David, you know, whatever. Uh, Jim, do you any have any insights on, on getting engagement? But I think that's the, A, you're, you're brand new and don't don't get discouraged if you don't get a lot of feedback. I've, I had one show called Weekly Web Tools, and the only time I got engagement is when I threatened to quit. That was it. I was like, I think I'm done. <laughs> And they're like, no. So yeah, any yeah. tricks on getting engagement? Well, I think engagement today is different than it used to be. You know, 15 years ago, you could talk to somebody on video uh, in another country and it was a huge deal. Like, you know, I spent when I was in the military, I spent time in Germany and uh, letters took two weeks and phone calls were a dollar a minute. And it was a big wow. deal. Like, I, right. I mean, I'd make a phone call home to my parents, you know, once a week and we keep it to 15 or 20 minutes because they were expensive. Right. And, and so, but 15 years ago, uh, maybe 20, you know, um, that's a big deal. Like you're like, Oh, now I get so many emails, so many people globally, different cultures. It's just not the same, right? It's not the same. Like, Oh my gosh, you, you, you tell a story where, you know, when you first got, uh, you know, contacted from somebody listening to your show in Germany, or I think, I think it was Germany and you're like, Oh, this was like the world got smaller. Well, over the, I think over the last 10 years, it's gotten really small just because of the issue we were talking about with email, emails kind of burned us out on some of those kinds of things. It doesn't matter where you're emailing from anymore. I think the same thing is true of our listeners. They're just not, they just want to listen and they don't necessarily want to engage all the time. It's not a big deal. I mean, 15 years ago to send an email to a podcast host and get a response was a big deal. Today, eh, I've got other ways. I've got other ways to interact with it. And, and... All right. It's looking like Jim has locked up. I'm going to pretend it's me. 
Uh, this is from Craig from LiveWellAndFlourish.com. My dad would send reel-to-reel tapes from Vietnam. It was so cool to hear his voice. Absolutely. Danny Brown uh, from Captivate.fm. INC engagement for podcasts like blog comments. It's there for those who truly want to interact, but for everyone else, it's just more passive than consumption. SB says, would love to see Ask the Podcast Coach use podcasting 2.0 tags and go lit so I could see how that works. Me too. I will ask Daniel about that uh, from uh, the future of podcasting.net. It doesn't sound like it's easy. Uh, I'm using Libsyn for that show. And the only way I'm even able to do any of those things is when I basically go into the old Libsyn interface and manually code it. So on one hand, Libsyn completely embraces podcasting 2.0 asterisks as long as you know how to hand code it. And B, if you mess up your RSS feed, you're, you've, you've colored outside the lines. So, And I know I've said that before. I want to make sure I mentioned in the future of podcasting that Libsyn has said publicly that they're going to look at podcasting 2.0 in 2024. They said they're going to look at it. I did not say they're going to embrace it and add it to their platform. They might. I hope so. But I said they're going to be looking at it. So I, I heard somebody say, oh, Libsyn's getting into it. I'm like, no, no, I didn't say they're getting into it. I said they're looking at it. So I don't have any inside information on that. I was just reporting what I heard, which was they're looking at it. So glad to have you back, Mr. Uh, Mr. Culls. Yeah, things locked what... up around here. And maybe it was good timing. My wife is getting ready to leave and go somewhere. And I, I swear to God, she could not make more noise <laughs> while she was trying to leave the house. Well, we have a, a question from Brad. Uh, I was recently introduced to private podcasting. I'm intrigued. Uh, you guys got any thoughts on this? I go back to back to the days when I was a young copier technician and I would drive 20 minutes to Canton, Ohio. People from Dover, Ohio would drive 40 minutes. People from Youngstown would drive about 50 minutes to downtown Canton where we'd go into a sales meeting and they're like, hey, get out there and sell. And I was like, wow. And so they tried the thing back then where the CEO would get on the phone and leave a really long voicemail. So it was like, hey, you guys, get out there and sell. So I was like, huh. So to me, private podcasting for business is like, you know, get that old talk in there about get out there and sell and you win one for the Gipper. And nobody knows who the Gipper is, by the way, anymore. That's a really outdated <laughs> statement. But I see that as that. I use one for the School of Podcasting. Uh, I test all sorts of different media hosts. So when you have, if you're using Captivate, you get the ability to do a private podcast. So when somebody signs up at the School of Podcasting using Zendler via Zapier, they are then added to, they get an email from like, hey, click here to subscribe to the private podcast. So yesterday, every Friday I do lunch with Dave. It's group coaching. So people come in. It's kind of like ask the podcast coach. It's just private. And I take that out, edit out all the talk about beef or whatever the side tangent was for the week and put that out as a private podcast to just members of the school of podcasting. But there are, you know, you could do this on any, like if you wanted to, you could do it on Libsyn and just not publish your show anywhere. Although we do have my Libsyn, which actually we make an app for you. So that's uh, super that. And then I know there's a, a, I think there's just, we just call it private podcasting that gives you that app and then an admin panel. So if you really want to get kind of like, is, you know, is Steve listening to the weekly sales roundup? Well, no, he's not. So there's that. There are a couple different options. You know, you could always do, I mean, Patreon could be a paid 
or a, uh, a private podcast. I'm not sure how you'd have to get around that because that's paid, but that's the thing that Patreon wouldn't be good for as they think about it. But you need some, you need some sort of podcasting tool where you can add users without paying for them or, and for the record, you are going to pay for them. I know, I know Libsyn has glow and we have people that use it for that aspect. So, um, Jim, does Gallup have any kind of private podcast or no, we listen, this is a, this is a topic I've come across at least once a year. It, it, somebody brings this up and you, st- we just start looking into it and then it just disappears. Like, nah, it's too much work. <laughs> like, okay, we could do this and give everybody a password. I thought, okay, we could do this and put the video, the video file or the audio file on SharePoint. And then people could have, a, you would have restricted access to it on their phone. We, I just can never get it across the finish line on, on doing that. We end up almost always just creating a public video that it's okay. Like if this gets out, we're going to, we're going to market as unlisted, but if this gets out beyond the enterprise, it's okay. We're not going to say anything <laughs> secret in here. Right. Because, because, I mean, that's another risk, even on a private podcast. And there's maybe there's some services that lock it down so you can't download it. But hey, you're putting something out there that could then go find its way into other places. And so, I, what, what I found is a lot of executives did not want to be recorded on some of those things that they were saying. Like they wanted to be able to <laughs> deny it later or whatever. And so, yeah, like I said, we, we gotten, we've had the conversation at least once a year. But it always gets to a point and then people just kind of give up on it. And I just haven't seen it ever really work. But I mean, I've been to Gallup 17 years this summer and I thought of this as an idea of the place I worked, Omnium Worldwide, where I worked before I worked at Gallup. We thought about this and this was before iPhones. So we thought, hey, we'll buy everybody in the company an iPod. Those were available in those days. They just kind of had come out. And then we'll, they'll, they'll come into the office and they'll sync their iPod with this, this file and they'll be expected to listen to it on their own time. So in exchange for the iPod, you would get, you would have to listen to company. And I was super close. Like we had a cost justified and everything. And then the CEO is like, no, let's not do that. And I found out a week later, he sold the company. <laughs> so it's like, oh, that's why it didn't work. Cause, cause they sold the company, but we thought about doing it that way too. But that's a great point because if I can hear it or see it, I can steal it. So do not put trade secrets into your private. Yeah. A lot of times it's like I said, just the yeah private in quotes. right? Yeah. Because even if it's on, let's say it's like, it's an app, you know, the only way you can get that is if you download the app and you have to be a user. Well, okay. I've got that app on my phone. I could easily you know, plug the phone into a recorder of some sort or just put it on speaker and hit, you know, whatever. And it's out there. I mean, I know um, Howard Stern had a meeting once talking about how he wanted to get A-list people into his show. Why are they going on all these other shows? I've got more people listening, blah, blah, blah. And he's kind of really just giving it to his staff and somebody recorded it. And it was like, yeah, so don't, it's private in quotation marks. I know Danny said that he goes, nothing really is, is private. And, uh, well, and zoom has some options. Now we have to remember, like we didn't have the, I mean, zoom has really stepped up their game in this area. So you might record it as a zoom call and then only make it available because you're, you authenticate to zoom, uh, you know, behind there's again, there's so many questions when you think about, okay, who's going to get it? How are they going to get it? Who's going to be private? How are they going to authenticate? 
is it going to be locked down? Can the file be locked down? So all those questions lead to, yeah, let's not do it. Let's just have a call. Let's yeah. just have a Zoom call. Yeah. Well, and that's kind of Jason's like, what's the point of a private podcast? Send a voicemail or audio email. Yeah. Yesterday, I did a 50-minute Zoom call. I don't want to have to summarize that. And that's really like, just use AI. I could. But it's not only does that podcast, you know, let people know what we talked about. It also builds community because like uh, Mark and Ralph both apparently do the whole like let's raise and eat cows kind of thing so it was something that they then go like oh that guy and then i know craig is the gpt guy and you know brad's the ex-pastor that's got the cancer and comedy thing so it's a way to kind of network and so that's why i you know i easily could say here's what you missed at the meeting but a that takes time so does a private podcast by the way because i do have to edit out this stuff because we love to do we had one uh group coaching. And I swear it was like 40 minutes of beard talk and 10 minutes of, of podcasting. But again, that's the community thing. Um, the one guy was talking about building a discord channel. The nice thing about that, uh, Todd, the Gator said, I would suggest you keep your discord community. You can get direct feedback and engagement there. I, that's what, speaking of Glenn, the geek, one of the things he has is he calls them auditors. Um, don't be boring. And he uses them as his focus group. Because those people actually, it's his Patreon, so that makes them his patrons. But he's uh, he uses them as like a focus group. We're thinking of doing this. We're going to make some changes yeah. to the show, that kind of thing. So he uses those people as like, what do you think of this idea? You know, the liberty. I do, I do the same. I do the same thing. That's yeah. I use my Patreon and and uh, or I'm sorry, my Discord and my Patreon teams to run things by. Hey, I'm thinking about doing this. What do you think? Send them a note. It, it's 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 pretty effective to do it that way. I, I and I like Discord. It's not it's not as noisy as a Facebook group. It is sure. still ugly though. I'm on a Discord. Oh, I'm on yeah, a couple Discords, and I'm like, is this like an Atari? Like, <laughs> it's listen. It's nostalgic on purpose. They it keep it very low. You know, the UI is very, very simple for a reason. Now, it's very, very powerful. You can do video calls. You can do audio calls on there. There's all kinds of search capabilities. I mean, it's behind the scenes. It's not an Atari. It does look like yeah. an Atari 2600, though, when, you, when you're when you on it. Yeah. Um, Liberty Dude says, uh, I love the podcast rodeo show, so should I donate? Yes. Yes, you should. As, as, as the ad goes, if you'd like to say thanks for a great show, podcastrodeoshow.com slash thanks. DR is saying, I'm doing eight episodes for only about 50 people. That's what I call a podcast many times uh, for just about three months. Would it be a better no. idea for me to just no. put it on a Google Drive? No. No. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, that's... Dude, you, that, you will get... <laughs> yeah, yeah. That Even if it's just 50, you, you never know what's going to happen with that. And they have, in the Google terms of service, they definitely have a service level agreement with you that they do not want people hosting podcasts on Google drives. They will find that and they will remove that from you. So de definitely do not, do not do it to find another way to distribute that file in a, in a way that they can get to it. Yeah. And I just, I am somewhat anti Google cause they cancel everything they do typically, unless it's Gmail or Google or YouTube, but I'm just not a big fan of, uh, that kind of stuff. Um, but I don't know if like, I remember once, I think I've told the story before I was in Tennessee. I was an event and Google was rolling out some sort of blogging platform. And they're like, would you like to see the new Google blah, whatever it was. 
And I'm like, I wouldn't put anything that I really want on a Google platform. And and I'm like, I just, you know, it's, it looks cool, but no way. And we walk away and I was with Chris Kermitzos. He's like, man, Dave, like, but how do you really feel? And I'm like, dude, go Google the phrase Google graveyard. I go, there's so many things that have been killed. I go, I'm just, I just don't trust them. So I would not put a podcast on, on Google Drive. Uh, speaking of things that um, don't always work out the way you thought, this was from, I forget, I didn't get her name, but it says, I'm currently hosting my podcast on Megaphone. However, the service fees are pretty extensive. I pay $250 a month uh, for an enterprise account with caps at 156 and a two, oh, I'm sorry. I just saw that as a comma, 156,250 views, and then pay a set CPM fee for downloads thereafter. I think it's $1.60 per 1,000 downloads. That could get kind of pricey. Rob at Lipson.com. We have an enterprise solution that's a lot cheaper than that. Uh, Megaphone also takes 50% of the ad revenue off the top of ad served. If the podcast does 4,000 ads in that month, I only get... I'll only uh, I'm only given two. Then I I see what he's saying. Then I pay fees on top of that. In essence, I'm making less than fifty percent of the revenue generated from my own podcast. What are suitable alternatives to megaphone that leave me with a bigger piece of the pie? Uh, the podcast is currently only monetized through ad revenue. See, this is why I kind of want to bring this up. This is why you want more than one stream of income uh, via megaphone. I do around one hundred fifty to two hundred thousand downloads a month. Yeah. Uh, Rob at Lipson.com and we own a company called AdvertiseCast. Uh, any advice would be much appreciated, but I just, the, the other thing, not and Embry's like, Oh, you brought that up cause you work for Lipson. Uh, I thought of that as I read this cause I didn't, I, I missed the 156,000 views, but, um, yeah, but mainly to point out that, and I'm going to be talking about this on the school of podcasting. When you join a network, there's some things you got to be careful with and, and you need to read the fine print because sometimes things pop up and you're like, oh, wait, what? You know, so that I found intriguing. I was like, hmm, okay, here's a fun one. I just want to get some feedback of an idea. This is one where I, again, I kind of want to do one of these. And now, it's but we've already, now. Oh, we've already done a power rant. I want to get some feedback on an idea, having one media host. So let's say Captivate and programmatically splitting its RSS feed into multiple feeds of distribution using something like, I don't know, PowerPress. Has anyone tried this? Yes, it's a horrible idea. Uh, does it run afoul of any media host terms of service? Maybe, maybe, I doubt it, depending on it, but I've seen people do this at Libsyn. I've seen them, you know, it's it's a thing. And the thing that gets me is media hosts are anywhere from, I don't know, 15 to 20 bucks, you know? And I'm like, so you're trying to save 15 bucks. And what happens is, let's say you do the, um, you know, the Dave's Burger Barn podcast where he talks about burgers. Okay, that gets about 30 downloads an episode. And then you do the, hey, we're all fat show. And that gets about 3,000. Your stats are going to be so wonky because it's going to be up and down and down and up and you won't be able to calculate the average. That's the biggest thing I see is your stats are all crazy. And then nothing against PowerPress. It's a great, super great plugin for, for podcasters. Uh, if you're on WordPress, but there's a reason there's a thing called Podcast Mirror, which is also owned by Blueberry, which is what uh, PowerPress is on. And that's because if you get really popular and you got a lot of apps hitting that RSS feed over and over and over and over, that might, key here, now I don't want to like throw shade, it might uh, make be a little taxing on your, your web host. So uh, this is just one that I go, 
every and I get it. We're we're trying to do this on the cheap. We don't want to spend a gazillion dollars, but I'm like, it's 15 bucks. It's 20 bucks. You know, then I get it. And then look in there are places like Spreaker. Um, there is Captivate that you can have multiple shows for one price. And then almost all of those have a thing where if you get super popular, your bill goes up. But if you're if your bill went up because you're super popular, you should be able to monetize that, I think. So um I get it. We all want AI to do it all for us. We want to do it for free. Uh, you know, all I want to do is hit record and then hit a button and it all pops out on the other side. I'm like, yeah, I, I get that. It's a beautiful dream, but it's just not uh, always that realistic. So, and everybody wants to rule the world. That's right. You know? <laughs> yeah. Um, Liberty dude, who's again, the fan of, uh, the podcast rodeo shows. We start to wrap up here. Sometimes the biggest supporters are not in sync with your main silent audience. Any larger judgments should always stay. Yeah. 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 And some, sometimes your loudest, your loudest uh, feedbackers, I don't know. I, I know I struggled with that, but those who give you feedback the most are not a solid representation of the rest of your audience. So you have to be, I think you have to be careful on that, you know, because you may get some feedback from a very, you know, there's always that there's always a, a, a listener who is just going to tell you their opinion. And they're not going to stop until you do it. And, and you might be like, yeah, I'm not going to do that. Yeah. You know, I'm just, I, 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 listen, I appreciate your feedback, but that's not me and I'm not going to change. And then every, you're just going to get an email. Why haven't you done this yet? I've told you to do this. Why don't you do this? I've told you a thousand times to do this. And, um, it, you know, so you have to make a decision. You're like, am I going to? Am I, you know, and it doesn't matter how much you say you're not going to do it. They keep giving you feedback right. that way. Well, it's just I, maddening. It's just absolutely maddening, you know, and, the, and you're like, hey, it's not going to change. Yeah. Sorry. That's where, again, knowing your why comes yeah. in handy. You're like, well, that's yeah. not really why I'm doing the show, but I appreciate the feedback. Yeah. It's always tricky. Um, here's a fun one. Jason says, what do you guys think about, I've never heard of this, Minect, 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 na, 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 or other application websites that offer the opportunity to get advice from experts. I am on, I forget the name of it. There's some website that I'm on where you can hire me and we can do a 15 minute call and you pay me per minute, blah, blah, blah. <sighs> Expert. There's a fun word, isn't it? I mean, I'm on there and people ask me podcast questions, but I'm always, the reason I'm there is like, not everybody listens to podcasts and maybe they're looking for an expert. So I can't really comment on the experts. I've seen other people over there. And I do occasionally see, well, here's the thing. I'll, I'll answer it this way. And you can ask Mike Dell about this. I'm sure Danny will probably chime in from Captivate. The best support questions in podcasting start with, I'm working with a client. And then it goes on to prove that you're working with a, quote, podcast guru, client, manager, producer, whatever it is. And they, they don't even understand the basic like concept of how a podcast works. That's the part I worry about going to a site. Cause anybody, I mean, I can, I can take my, uh, uh, my ballpoint pen. I will tap my forehead and go, I am now a guru. I did Jim. You are now a guru. Congratulations. So yeah. that's where I would look at the, if I went to, you know, gurus.com and I'm just making that up, but whatever it is, I'd look at their background and do a little research because I'm not going to get marriage advice from a priest. 
Why? Because they're not married. I'm not going to get parent advice from somebody who doesn't have any kids unless they have a lot of aunts and uncles or whatever, things like that. I don't know. What are your, what are you, any thoughts on this, Jim? I think guru shows, especially podcasts, really overrated. I, I don't know why people would listen to guru coaches, or like coaching shows. <laughs> what the totally overrated. That's just my opinion. Yeah. <laughs> so that's it. We're going to change our show to ask the podcast guru later. Yeah. Yeah. And Danny, as I knew he would said, yep. Uh, had a question from a podcast manager on how RSS works. And I mm-hmm. get that. And, and that's not because on one hand, I don't want to say all podcast producers are crap because DR will track me down and punch me in the face. But it, it's because some people are hiring a coach for marketing. Well, okay. Well, that's a little different than you know launching and understanding how it works. But it that would be my advice. Research whoever it is. Go from there and... and then the other thing, the other thing I would do, find a guru, find out, find one you like and do what they say. Do not then go find four other gurus because otherwise one's going to tell you left. One's going to tell you back. One's going to tell you front. The other one's going to tell you right. And you're, you're into paralysis by analysis. So, uh, I, I've seen that happen as well. So any final words on that subject before I hit the, the outro music? I think gurus are overrated. Just saying. I'll say it one more time. <laughs> so, Jim, what's coming up on uh, theaverageguy.tv? Yeah, uh, the most recent episode of Home Gadget Geeks, we have uh, Titania Jordan from Bark Technologies. They create uh, solutions for parents to help uh, monitor, filter, protect their children, and maybe even ourselves from the internet. It's some, some pretty crazy stuff out there. So we, we spend about 45 minutes with her and they've got three great solutions. So, so a great opportunity. It's, it's not the be all end all of it, but it is a introduction to it. It's available. It'll be available a little bit later today over at the average guy.tv. There we go. Um, does it actually work? When I, when I had stepchildren, oh. we installed yeah. like the latest hot thing and then we went yeah. to Google and typed in like boobs or something like that. And it was just like, you know, there's always ways around things. Yeah. There's always <laughs> gaps and stuff like this. Uh, I, I purchased their router version of it to, to try out and, um, and, and tested it for a little while. I had, and it works, it works out pretty well. I, I don't know if I could totally recommend it at the moment because I just need more time with it, but it's intriguing to say the least. Yeah. On the school of podcasting, at least as of right now, I think I'm going to do a thing about, and I, I need to go back because I remember I did an episode about avoiding the sharks, but I'm just seeing a lot of people because A, there are a ton of brand new podcasters. So all the all the gurus are out there going, I can get you to the top of the Apple charts. And I kind of did that last week, but I, I've seen some things that I'm like, ooh, that's not good. Like specific things to look at. Uh, and I just heard an episode with uh, Gordon Firemark on... Uh, uh, podcast talent coach and I was like oh there's some more topics so I, I haven't it's not officially baked in my head yet what I'm doing on Monday but I will figure it out between now and uh, Monday at uh, midnight so thanks for tuning in we are here every Saturday ask the podcastcoach.com slash live like subscribe and ring the bell or smash it or destroy it and we'll see you next week yeah.